everyone. Welcome to the inaugural Bobcast. That's our working title for now. It is now 9.51 on Tuesday, July 18th. It certainly is, sir. Is it? Yes, it is. <laughs> um, I would like to introduce you to my compadres, my cadre of men, uh, my compatriots, my patriots, who will be discussing all sorts of art and intellect. Starting with my, starting to the right is my good friend Pepe. Howdy, partners. Then my good friend and neighbor, Mark. Hello, hello, hello. And another good friend and neighbor, Drew. How's it going? So, we're going to launch this inaugural voyage, this maiden voyage, with the origin story of this. Which, even though it's 2023, this all started in 2016 with a different gentleman... Ron Fernandez, my good friend from high school, Lane Technical High School, back when it was Lane Technical High School before it became Lane Tech Prep High School, Lane Prep High School, and we met sophomore year in gym class, and I don't know if it was Mr. Willingham or Mr. Montgomery or Mr. Williams, but it was a black dude teaching the gym class, and he was cool as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Just a minor note. Okay. He was yeah. cool as fuck, yeah. and he would end his class the same way every time. It was like, "Well, class, class. I'm glad we had this time together." Perfect scene painting. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> well, class, I'm glad we had this time together, and I would just like to ask you any questions, comments, or criticisms. And that just blew my little fucking teenage mind. I'm like, wait, I can critique you, Mr. Willingham? That makes no sense. You critique gym class? Yeah, I can critique <laughs> gym class? This is insane. Like, what's going on with this guy? He was cool as fuck. Um, so, fast forward many years. Uh, Ron Fernandez moved out to Los Angeles, California to go to USC film school. And he pretty much stayed out there for the majority of his adult life. So, come many years later, I'm in the Vale Valley living there. And for whatever reason, I picked up the phone and I'm like, Ron, can I move out to California and crash on your couch? And he's like, yeah, I don't fucking, are you going to give me money? I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll give you money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fuck, let's do this. So I moved out to California. And I spent my entire 30s in California. Los Angeles, California, in the heart and center of Los Angeles, California. Culver City. No, La Brea, Tar Pits. Um, and I fucking love, everyone likes to like, slay on fucking Los Angeles. I fucking loved it. It was a good time. And I really enjoyed my 30s in Los Angeles. And so Ron graduated from USC, moved on to do production work, and we were always friends and always hanging out, hanging out with these film people or production people or editing people, whatever you want to call it, post-production. And we would always be like, hey, we should write a, a script. And of 
course it went nowhere. <laughs> it went fucking nowhere. It just it wasn't was, in the right hand. Like no, we would talk. We would like idea, like be in the idea phase forever, and like, hey, you want to write something down? He's like, I got shit to do. (laughs) What type of script was it? Was it? uh... Uh, It was like you know, like high concepts, like you know, like like he turned me on to some books, like Sitchfield's The Art of Story Writing, and there's this term, or used to be this term in Los Angeles called high concept and the purest form of high concept would be you know what you're getting into from the title so Star Wars you know Terrifier Terrifier (laughs) 2 so we would just bounce around ideas non-stop and but we would never fucking actually grind it out Mm -hmm. but we love like generating ideas so fast forward a couple more years I'm back in Chicago. And Ron, who was doing like all this post production work, like he's a fast, he's a, an incredible editor. Like he, and all this stuff, and he was supplementing his income by being an adjunct, adjunct professor at USC Riverside Film School. And DePaul. University offered him a full-time professorship. And you know you know how dated film school is? They don't call it that anymore. They call it digital media. Well, you can't call a lot of things what you used to be able to call them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. So it's digital media. So he was on track to be a tenure professor at DePaul. And I... I'll riff on that at another point because that was a fascinating moment in our lives. Yeah. He took another path and became the Green River Killer. Who's that guy? Sarah Killer. Oh. Truck driver. Picked up... Hot lizards. Yes. So... So... Yeah, grab a bear. Uh... This is casual. Um, so I moved back to Chicago, and he moved back to Chicago. And he said, like, he goes to me, like, and this is in 2016. Like, I want to do a podcast. I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, no, let's do a podcast. I'm like, okay, cool. And then fucking Trump happened. Like, Trump was, I'm like, turned on my TV one day, and Trump is on the television as a contender for presidency. I'm like, all right, we're doing this. We need to record this fucking moment in time. So we did it. And I had a blast, but he didn't. And it was kind of a bummer. And then Why didn't he have a blast? I'll get to that in a second. (laughs) (laughs) So we're in his, like, his dad was uh, a Cuban immigrant. And he owned a three flat on Roscoe Avenue, very close to Lane Tech. And hence, I've been going to his house since I was a sophomore year in high school. And we're in the basement. He's like, let's do this. And he's got this janky microphone that's supposed to be on top of a video camera. 
It's like, not, like a directional microphone. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was garbage. And we're smoking joints and drinking <laughs> shitty beer. And his dad's upstairs. Not too different from right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's smoking <laughs> joints. We just upgraded the microphone. That's yeah, pretty much yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> and his dad's upstairs listening to Spanish TV on full blast because yeah, he's yeah. in. He's in his fucking 90s. And he would turn up the fucking TV so loud. I'm like, Ron, are you okay with that? He's like, shut up. <laughs> you have to remind me of this bullshit. <laughs> the fucking Spanish TV would be so fucking loud, man. It was crazy. So we're downstairs with any... The guy was kind of genius picker. Like, he would pick shit from the alley, but it wasn't garbage. It was like... Cool fucking shit like yeah. art and so we're done with his picking art that he got from the alley that he lived in most of his adult life and his parakeets and we're fucking smoking joints Hell drinking yeah. cheap beer and doing a podcast of like how are you not loving this? Yeah, like, right? With the muffled up. Yeah. That's a rooster. That's a bird. So he had moved back to Chicago with his wife that he met in California after many years and they had children later in life and she was completely fucking miserable. Because he was doing podcasts. No. Because <laughs> she wanted the, I wish that was a reason. I, then I could just go, I'll go away and you can be happy again. Yeah. I wish that was a reason. I'll disappear. Um, because she wanted to move back to California. Because okay. that's where her people were. That's Family where her brother well. and mother. And, <laughs> yeah. People. yeah. Are they still together to this day? No. Perfect. We should look her up on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Have her do the next episode. Yeah. We'll even let her choose the flick. Yeah. yeah. Or if she's dead, you know, you know how like uh, Facebook has that poke button, oh. so we can poke at her. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, are you, are you dead? Are you dead? <laughs> so then we did a second podcast. I'm like, okay, dude, we did Trump. Like the Cubs are in contention. Like the entire world's insane. Trump's in contention for the presidency. The Cubs are in contention. We gotta do a second podcast. Yeah, it was like hell froze over. Yeah, hell froze <laughs> over. And we did a second podcast, and then he moved back to California with his wife and two son, young son and young daughter. And it was like at the time I was so bitterly disappointed because like it wasn't even good. I don't know. You guys are creative types. It wasn't even fucking good. But I just like. I knew there was something there. Okay, 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 but what was the podcast about? Uh, the first podcast was about Trump, oh, and I tied yeah. Trump to meatloaf. <laughs> because why wouldn't you? <laughs> and the second podcast was about Weird <laughs> Yankovic and the Cubs. I thought it was just fucking genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still out there on SoundCloud somewhere. Anyway, so like... I have to find that. <laughs> I have to find that. And... And he moved back. I was so, like, he just pulled the plug. He wasn't into it. He wasn't feeling it. And I was, like, so bitterly disappointed because I was like, man, if you just gave this just a second. But his his wife was fucking furious she at him. She hated podcasts. She hated podcasts <laughs> and Chicago. Oh, so, so it was, I'm, so in hindsight, it's a miracle I squeezed 
two fucking podcasts out of this guy. And he produced them and did the post-production and twisted mm-hmm. his fucking arm so hard. And so I want to say thank you. Where is he now? Is he still out in LA? He's still out in LA, yeah. Yeah. He's still out in LA. And so that's the origin story of this entire podcast. I got the itch to do podcasts in 2016 before the Cubs and Trump were about to become triumphant and the itch never left. And so I've been shopping this idea since 2016. And most of the time, people are like, what? You're an idiot. Like, they just look at me like I'm stupid. Your seven-year search culminated <laughs> with, with the three of us this. sitting here with you, <laughs> you drinking gotta... hams and Victoria beer. Yes, yes. So it all culminated with Mark, my co-podcaster. He came in one day to the bar. We all – we have this communal spot called the Levis Street Inn. Uh, me and Pepe work there. Drew used to work there. Mark lives literally right next to it. Lives next to it. So Might Mark, as well fucking work there. Yeah. <laughs> like for reals. Yeah. So Mark comes in one day, and I just look at him out of the blue. I'm like, I want to do a podcast. And he's like, Yes. I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? And he's like, I have a microphone, and I was just like. This is going to happen. This is like Blues Brothers, man. Like, all you need is, like, two dudes and a fucking microphone. Yeah, a microphone. And I was like, this is going to happen. Like, we're the shitty band. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, we're all behind chicken wire. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, it's like the Blues Brothers. We have a microphone. This is so fucking cool. And he's like, I took a class on this. I'm like, even better. I'm like, okay, let's do this. He's like, I know what I want to do. I'm like, how do you know what you want to do? What do you want to do? He's like, I want to talk about the Terrifier 2. And I look at him, I'm like, you never heard that movie before. He's like, it's a horror movie. It's a slasher movie. I'm like, never heard of it. Like, what's it about? It's about a killer clown. And like, so my first instinct that I had to bite back on was like, that's fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But my friend, Ron Fernandez from sophomore year in high school at Lane Technical High School, talked me into auditing an improv class at Second City. And so we audited an improv class, and I was terrible at it. But the one thing I remember, and like I, I remember walking into like Second City, it was like, it's like a temple to Tina Fey. What year was this? This was like 2016. Do you remember who your teacher was? I do not. <laughs> I do not. It was like one. Yeah, right. We were talking about like fucking decades and decades ago. Only remembers the ones that matter. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, so So, we were at at Second City at the same time, basically. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wild. Yeah. Kind of short guy, very animated. I don't know how else to describe him. I think you just described like ninety eight (laughs) percent of the faculty right there. Right. So, like, we did this improv, we audited an improv class. It was an audit. It wasn't like we actually signed, like, you have this chance to, like, for free, audit the class. And so it's like newbies and people just want to touch up on their skills. And it was fascinating because it was like a teacher and a random dude. And I'm like, so I, like, pulled them aside. I'm like, what brought you here today? It's like, well, I'm a teacher. I'm like, I don't get it. It's like, I teach children. 
you gotta be on your feet. If you're not on your feet, they know you're full of shit. Like, you gotta be quick. I'm like, wow, I never really thought about that. And the other dude's like, well, I moved to Chicago, I didn't know anyone, and it just helped me, like, connect with people. Like, just be quick and funny, and I'm like, I thought it was brutal, man. Like, my first improv, I was exhausted. I was like, fuck, this is so much harder than it looks from the outside. And like, this is brutal. But the one thing I remember from that improv class was the first rule of improv is to say yes. And I knew you were an improv guy. And so when you said Terrifier 2, I was like, my first instinct was like, are you fucking kidding me? But I was like, no, he's an improv guy. Yes. Yes. And? We're here. <laughs> Do you think you correlate Art the Clown with a little improv of how he's like a mime in the movie? Like, did you kind of tie those two together or was it just like a love for the, the way that, movie itself? Uh, what's his name? David Howard Thornton. The way mm-hmm. that he performs, uh, he doesn't appear as though he has traditional acting training. Well, first, I mean, I'm sure yeah. he does. Well, what, what movies has he been in? Else. Sorry to interrupt. You know... As far as I know, he's only been in the Terrifier. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know Drew's I on this it. Up. <laughs> so, but anyway, so yeah. Here's here's. He's from like Arkansas, or yeah, I mean, of course. He's in like he's from Night the of the South. Living Dead two, and a bunch of other uh, like small horror movies called The Mean One, and uh, I mean a lot of the stuff. Yeah, it looks like Terrifier one, two, and coming out three. Oh hell yeah! Where <laughs> I mean, his first thing on here is 2016 with the original Terrifier, and then everything else is 2022 and 2023 and on. So, besides Night of the Living Dead 2, but it looks like he maybe would just been an extra or a small part in there. Or, like, what, what, at Night of the Living Dead, what, uh, what was his, uh, character? What was his, uh, uh I'll find out. Well, that's, right that's now. an old one, right? I mean, that's like fucking, like, uh, George A. Romero, right? Oh yeah, the but black and white one. The yeah. Original, yeah the, the original sequel to Night of the Living Dead would be Dawn of the Dead. So this yeah. uh, Night of the Living Dead Part Two is some uh, alternate timeline. Yeah. A right. reboot of the franchise. All right. Um, is our food ready? <laughs> no, no, yeah, I, I just checked it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what was the uh, draw towards the second one? Did you? Because I've, I've. I'm a horror movie nut, and I love watching horror movies. So he's a it's, zombie in Night of the Living Dead, too. Okay, so it's the chick that. with the guitar. But the first uh, one banjo. I've heard, I, banjo. anyone that I've talked to, and I, I like them both, but I, the first one is known to be, or just from people's reviews, the first one people like more than the second one. The second one was more of a, like it has a cult following, obviously. And then the second one came out, and everyone went nuts over the second one. But people I've talked to, I like them both. I think they're both great. We're talking about like when that, like that dog. Oh, is that, is that the same one or uh, the Night of, Li- of the Living Dead too? When like the dog is eating like a, the the cadaver, the zombie cadaver, and then like he turns into a fucking like a, do- a zombie dog. I don't remember. Holy shit, that sounds amazing. It, yeah. yeah. That, next podcast episode two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so just like to interrupt, like. So Mark's like, yeah, we're going to do the Terrifier 2. And I'm like, he's an improv guy. I took an improv class. Yes. And I'm like, so do I need to watch Terrifier 1? And you're like, no. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, 
It's about a killer clown. Just jump <laughs> in and terrify her too. <laughs> to reword my question, what was the draw for the second one besides the first one? Uh, so I had heard uh, that people were leaving the theater sick. At the first scene where there was heavy gore, Bob was dry heaving on the couch. <laughs> now, I'm not trying to expose Bob here, but true, it was, true, he did give true. A couple, yeah. Oh no! So Bob face, was going to leave the theater, and the theater being his own living room. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Then there's the fact that it's like three hours long. And I was like, holy yeah, shit, dude. this is like gone with the fucking wind. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? What's going on? I've got to see this. But better, you know, I'd say. And so there is a lot. There, I, I, what I like about this film is uh, you can really dissect it. And you can watch it in pieces. And you can say, I really dug this piece. And you can, you can just kind of skip over other pieces. And it's almost like watching a montage or, or mm-hmm. watching just snippets of different videos uh and it's very atmospheric and, and uh totally and the chick is hot oh yeah i mean obviously <laughs> <laughs> which chick are we talking about yeah well the main character yeah. okay okay because so i got a thing for uh you know the clown cafe girl but you know we can get which one is later. the clown cafe girl? she's the one with the banjo in the dream yeah. sequence so do you, oh okay, okay yeah, yeah oh yeah yeah okay. do you think they're no. trying to do a play on nightmare on elm street during that dream sequence i definitely kind of think he's so in, he's in the dream but he's also will show up in real you know what i mean like show up in real life i felt or, like a total plan nightmare like she's awake in the dream totally conscious and can you know feel emotions or feel pain in the dream sequence and then when she wakes up she's feels like you know yeah. what i mean like do you also, think they're doing a play on kind of the a lot of old school movies like Nightmare on Elm Street to... I felt like that entire dream sequence was there for two reasons uh, in particular. Uh, it seemed like it was kind of... And no hate no hate to uh, the filmmaker, but it seemed like it was a bit self-indulgent. Like he wanted to get yeah. some ideas out and just kind of shoehorn, shoehorn them into something. Uh, and, and it all became that dream sequence because... because and I'm not complaining because it was, it was a cool scene, but... Oh, man, that that thing ran. Yeah, <laughs> was, you mean like it was too long, or yeah, yeah. I, the dream sequence was, but I, it's, it's a long ass movie too. It's so, too the movie's you know. too long. That's my one. I don't think it's too long. I think it was very interesting how. Well, that's like just my. That's how my they thing. broke it up again. Like, I, yeah, it was like so, it was like little short stories about like yeah. how everything started and my. I mean, and we're gonna get to that point where like my my. Uh, I how I don't know how. He, like this is why I want to watch the first one because I want to see how he started, like how his story originated. Uh, what was his name? Smiles. Art the clown. Art the clown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing is, I, I feel like that scene uh, was included and written specifically just to add more to the body count. Yeah. Because he was able to kill off a bunch of other people there without having to do away with actual characters. Mm. Character development. Yeah. 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 So. You know, within that whole fantasy sequence, you know, he was able to knock out like a dozen people or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it contributed to the violence, it contributed to the gore and the blood and, and the killings, and, you know, that's what these movies are all about. Yeah. The only thing that really correlates from the first one to the second one is uh, the lady that kind of has her face ripped off. Right. She, because the, the way that the second one begins, <laughs> it, en- it ends like that, where they're doing the interview of her. And even the first one starts like that. They're doing that interview, and the girl doing the interview with her, not to take it on to the first one, but the girl doing the interview, 
she says, oh my God, like, I thought she was going to jump at me the whole time. You know, she's kind of like, after, behind the scenes when the girl uh, leaves, she's like, oh my God, like, I thought she was going to jump at me. She's talking with the camera crew and whatnot. And then in the new one, they touch on that and they play that same clip of that talk show of her. Oh. So that's really the only correlation besides it just being gruesome. and It's, a, it's I mean? about a killer clown. That's really the only correlation <laughs> between the two. Yeah. Um, so uh, when Mark was saying you didn't really necessarily have to watch the first one, I, I totally agree with him. <laughs> but that, that, like, that was really the only correlation to it. Let's talk about Art's, Art DeClown's resurrection for this one because he was he was killed in the first one. But, but yeah, so I don't, why, why, I, that's the part. I got well, like, lost I, yeah, why I, was I, he resurrected? I didn't see any any resurrection. He doesn't say anything about resurrection. I think he was just like people were like, well, he's he's dead, but he was not dead. He was just like literally just he was still alive. Do you think they're playing on like a Stephen King style of like it, where like he comes back at a certain time when he's summoned, or like is he uh, entity, or is he? No, because you know there, there I mean? was like a year difference. You know, it was like, like oh, last year, like the murders yeah. happened last year, so I, I, it was not like uh, I think he was still alive. Stephen King, where it was like oh, it was like this time every X amount of years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. this happened. You know what I, mean? I, I definitely feel like they're riffing off a lot of different horror movies. Well, like, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. kind of Nightmare... making fun of them almost, or like yeah, making, yeah. Uh, making fun with uh, like the plot lines of them. Like Nightmare, like that ca- cafe sequence definitely felt Nightmare on Elm Street esque, mm-hmm. and like the clowns. Just, I, I didn't like minus I'm, the boiler rooms. Yeah, minus yeah. the boiler rooms, <laughs> and like and Johnny Depp. Yeah, <laughs> and like the whole um, like resurrection. I'm like, would well, I miss something? Like he just. Appears no, like, like no. where's the resurrection? That's what like, I'm saying. There was no resurrection. It was. It, it wasn't was... like, you know, the movie. Like, what's the movie where like they, like the Summon? movie, they're like f- coming from the grave. Like, uh, uh, I mean, in Evil Dead, it's like when they open the book and someone reads the. Uh, Kunta Kunta Kunta. Yeah, they read some Latin in this yeah. like book. I mean, in all the recreations of Evil Dead in the original one, it's the same looking book, and they read some, you know, whatever verse or something. Sends this demon to the hot chick in the movie. In oh. movie. Yeah, yeah. Always, always goes to the hot chick. Yeah. 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 But like, yeah, there, like you were saying, there was no kind of. Uh, they didn't show a scene where you know someone summoned yeah. them or re- yeah. you know, to resurrect. Or like that. the the fist comes up through the grave. Yeah. You no. know, like the eighties movies. Where, yeah. Like. So if you remember the first, like how the first scene started, it was like. Uh, this doctor hit him in the head, and he was his skull was like, like wide open, mm-hmm. and then he, he was touching his own brain, you know. So he he never died. I don't think he ever died. He was just like he was still alive because he went to the laundromat and he just washed his clothes, you know, mm-hmm. bloody clothes, and that's it. But he was kind of imagining the young girl, which in the in the laundromat scene, yeah. They cut to the perspective of the people in the laundromat, mm-hmm. and he looks crazy, you know, talking to nobody. And then yeah. they cut to his perspective, and he's talking to this young girl that's dressed similar to him. And then yeah. at the end of the movie, she, com- in the perspective of the normal people, <coughs> they see her in the, yeah. uh, you know. So you think he was kind of losing it at that point? What, yeah. The resurrection, like he was kind of out of it with his brain being up. You know what I mean? Totally, yeah, you have a really good point. And the other thing is, like, I don't know if you remember the girl saying uh, that 
totally, I don't know. It's just like, I want to get to that point and I just like don't want to like, like bring it to like my conclusion of why the movie is that or like how, who, who the killer, who uh, Art the Clown is. But let's hear it. Well, well, like, so when the girl, her friend is telling the story, they, they go to Terrifier, to the, to the amusement park. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, like, she's a little bit like, the main character girl is like, oh, she's a little bit crazy because uh, her dad, like, was, had a brain tumor, tumor. And then he started loosening it little by little until he ran into a, a, the way he killed himself was by running into a power plant. You know, and then executed himself, but they never found his body either. His her dad's body. So they I'm, definitely teased the, the yeah. You know what I mean. And then the fact that she was like, oh, uh, her dad sketches of drawings, and then Art the Clown is like, like drawn on the on on, on her dad's uh, 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 drawing uh, book. So he gives me and he gives me like a like a perspective. Was like maybe this is her dad. You know, are the clowns are dead, but because they nobody found the body, you know, and they mentioned the little girl being murdered, and they never found out who the guy the murderer was. So my theory is like her dad is Art the clown, you know, or the his kind of entity when he passed went into Art the clown and that was the resurrection. Yes, you know what I mean, like that. Yeah. Oh, life or energy. Yeah. I mean, that's just a kind of like. Omen type shit, like people like. Yeah, like he needs a uh, human form or form, and you know energy to kind of bring him back from wherever he was. So he not, not damn, you're necessarily going, die. Damn, you're going deep. You, I mean, that's just I'm just playing off of what Pepe was bringing. Yeah. Up, possibly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like. It's all. I mean, it was an interesting movie. I'm not like normally the most biggest horror movie fan. I do like appreciate the genre, like, but I'm more like John Carpenter Halloween. Like, I'm more about the suspense end of it. Yeah, we're like this had. They didn't waste any time. They just shit right into shit ton of gore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you said, I almost like. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> You didn't know what you were in for, and then that first scene hit, and you're like, okay, this is going to be a long movie. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are all fucking laughing at me. <laughs> well, this movie also has the Freddy Krueger problem, what I call the Freddy Krueger problem, <laughs> which is uh, eventually there's a point where the antagonist, the killer, the bad guy, uh, the monster, if you will, uh, he loses his appeal as, as, as being a monster, and suddenly he's the person that everybody's cheering for. You know, so when you see a new Friday the 13th movie, when you see a new Nightmare on Elm Street movie, you're actually cheering for Freddy, you're cheering for Michael Myers, you're mm-hmm. cheering for Jason, because you want to see those killings. So it, in my opinion, it makes it very hard to actually have a true horror movie when you're siding with that whole aspect of the film, uh, which, well, again, that's why it, uh, it's a genre of its own, uh, and it almost falls into the, the whole torture porn uh, kind of thing where people are, are tuning in to watch these killings, uh, and they're not really scared of Arthur Clown, they're just kind of backing him and cheering him on and wondering what that guy's gonna do next. Mm-hmm. So it, it, to me, that's kind of a, it, it's kind of a problem because it, it, it just takes away uh, from story, logical storytelling, if you will. Yeah. 
But that's just my point of view. That's it kind of falls into the cult classic. Uh, yeah. I guess that cult following because everyone likes the, like you were saying, everyone wants to cheer for the bad guys yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. And it, I feel like that kind of goes, falls under like the way that Hannibal Lecter was portrayed in Red Dragon and Silence of the Lambs where he's not necessarily the, like for Silence of the Lambs, for example, like Buffalo Bill is the evil guy. Murderer, evil yeah. Guy. Bad guy. But I fuck me. Play, I fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there it is. <laughs> they, they play on... Uh, <laughs> that scene of, where he's standing in front of the mirror is like, I can never get that out of my mind. Would you, would you fuck me? Would you <laughs> fuck me? I'd fuck me. Uh, no, Mister, like, I got your dog! They kind of play on what you were saying where you kind of cheer for the bad guy, but he's not necessarily the main bad guy. Because Buffalo Bill is. Buffalo Bill is, but you're kind of cheering for him because you don't know whether he's helping Buffalo Bill, Bill. or if he's helping... Uh, uh, Clarice. Clarice. uh, Did he touch you, Clarice? No, he he was a good man. Why did you only steal one lamb, Clarice? If I could just save all (laughs) the lambs, Clarice. He's a very decent man. Yeah, the best part of that film is when that guy in the jail cell. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, Flings no. that cum in Jodie Foster's hair. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. Whatever. <laughs> all right, I will be right back. You guys, I'm sure. We're having a small pause. We're not really. No, no, no. Keep talking. I'm just, just getting hey, it. You want on the street? Um. Yeah, we were ready, yeah. Just yeah, letting everybody right know we were getting some uh, some food, and, and then you get to hear us eat through the microphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Special around Western yeah. Avenue yeah. and the Bucktown neighborhood. Yeah, our soon-to-be sponsor, Chef Special. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I had Western and Palmer. Oh, yeah, will soon, one day in the near future, be sponsoring the Bobcast. Well, I mean, they just don't realize it. At this particular moment, <laughs> we already have uh, Levitt in, kind of like trying to be sponsors, you know. So, and by sponsor us, we need we just need somebody to give us food and beer. Food and beer, <laughs> there it is. There it is. You, you provide the sustenance. We'll continue to make the magic. Yeah, <laughs> we'll conjure the magic. Great. I have like. A lot of things I can talk about that soundtrack. All right. So good. Mm-hmm. It's vaporwave, you know? Yeah. Pepe, when we were watching it, Pepe was nerving out over the musical. <laughs> yeah. like, you wouldn't think that that would be the soundtrack to that movie. No. But it is, and it works, and that's what makes it a good movie. So it's, uh. it's interesting because they have that 80s-style soundtrack uh-huh. Vaporwave and all uh-huh. the synthesizers and everything like that. We were talking about the look of the main character's house. It was very 70s looking. Definitely, yeah. But then the movie itself seemed like it took place in almost present day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like 80s music, their home and their TVs and all of, whenever they were cut into a scene where they were watching TV, they were watching old black and white TV movies, shows yeah. and movies. But every kitchen looked like it was from the 70s. Yeah, wallpaper, heavy wallpaper. Yeah. And like they would have old school like 60s and 50s TV shows on yeah with 70s kitchens 80s music but then it was set in present day yeah there's also kind of like 2000s and 90s uh, people's uh, outfits Mm -hmm. you know so I think they were kind of like trying to like put everything in a bracket you know just like just kind of like 
different times, different decades, but everything had was co- like correlated, you know, like everything just like like the same, you know, it's different times, different eras, but in the same movie, yeah. you know, like the kitchen was fucking seventy. You mm-hmm. know, the music also had uh, like current dark dark wave, you know, which is goth wave or goth music, with what you consider like back in the 80s would be more like synthwave but they had the new genre not a new genre but it's like uh descent of post-punk got away from the 80s and 70s you know and they had uh, they also had like agro uh industrial i don't know if you guys are familiar with that term it's kind of like cheesy industrial Okay. Yeah. Cheesy industrial. Yeah, it's just kind of like, like, kind of like a cyber goth, you know, okay. which was kind of like cool around the two thousands. Okay. But it was to me, I mean, to my, I was just like, oh god, these people are fucking cheesy. But that's <laughs> my view, you know. Yeah. You know, like dancing, like <laughs> talking about, like, yeah, that agro techno, agro industrial, and the whole vibe, also the way it was filmed. Lots of purple, lots of blue, lots of red. Like, re- like I hate this reference, but like you know how uh, Stranger Things, how it's filmed, or like it follows the same soundtrack too. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like kind of like like aiming to that, which is kind of which is a new thing. It's not a new thing, but like a lot of movies, like Nicolas Cage had those. He's been making all those movies now recently. That uh, one with the uh, animatronics when they go fucking with their like, like diabolical. Wally was, World or yes, yes. It's like literally the same. The way it's filmed is like purple, red, blue. What, why why purple, red, blue? Just a aesthetic. It's just choice. aesthetic, you know. It's like you're like in a goth club. You're like in a place where like there's only like it's dark and like, there's fog machines and shit like that. There's yeah. a lot of fog. Sets a mood. Yeah, it does. I mean, it gives you like a. Like a visual kind of like uh, experience, you know, because uh, there's only a f- like it's not bright, it's not dark, it's not black and white. It's just like foggy, you know. It's like lo-fi fog bullshit, you know, which is awesome. And they've been like Nicholas Cage has been making. <laughs> Do we just play Blitz? <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage has been making those movies recently. You mm-hmm. know, there's that other one I can't. I remember. would love to, to review that movie. Wow. Which one? Oh, Nicholas Cage. That and the new uh, uh, Evil Dead. I haven't seen it yet. It's good. It's, it was all right. It was good. It, I don't think it was as good as the original remake where they did it in like the original cabin that they, you know what I mean? They oh, yeah, yeah. Cabin. Like a that few, like, like a decade ago or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was all right, though. It, it did have the same vibes that I'm telling you about filming and having those kind of like colors mm-hmm. on that film. It was a very 2023 movie, though, where yeah. they're trying to fit everybody and everyone's, you know, yeah. thing into the movie. Which yeah. But that's a different thing, though, because there's so other, like, we can watch that movie and then we can be, like, talk about that movie. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's my, uh, that's how I was like, oh, I love the fucking soundtrack. I mean, there was some, like, songs that were like, oh, fuck, you know, but, like, it was good. Yeah, there was yeah. cool Yeah, Greek mythology involved, too, you know. Per, per, uh, Perseus, Perseus, Perseus? Oh, yeah, yeah, like, when... She grabbed the sword and yeah, 
Oh, yeah, she had that whole Halloween costume well, yeah. she was making where, she, yeah, she had all the armor and everything. It was yeah. very Greek. Yeah. The the bird wings, which supposedly the whole movie, uh, the original concept of the movie was he wanted to write something about a heroine that was dressed like Icarus? wings. Yeah. Oh, an angel wings. Yeah. Now that she was flying too close to the sun, she oh, was an angel. an Icarus. Icarus. Oh. To go back on uh, the idea of the father was kind of involved in some way with Arthur Clown, or kind of how like they maybe had some some correlation. Do you yeah. think the little brother wanting to dress up as Arthur Clown and like his obsession with it kind of played on the fact that he was maybe too young to get along or know his father well enough that he was kind of trying. You know what I mean? Do you think they added that in to the play on that idea yeah. for the viewer to think like, oh, maybe Arthur Clown is their dad resurrected in this movie or something like that. So like the son wants to dress up as him because he wants to be like his father. In yeah. Some way, not knowing that he's doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're trying to trick the viewer into leading you on this, uh, you know, breadcrumb trail. Totally. To follow that idea. The one of the fucking you guys are like, oh my god, okay, this is getting ridiculous. When like when she's like inside the tank, you know, yeah, and like uh, Houdini, Houdini, you know, like yeah, when she's like chained up and like all of a sudden she fucking like comes back to life and the sword just like lights up and it's kind of getting ridiculous. It's like I think that was pretty cool. I know it got ridiculous, but like the whole fucking thing is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. you it's know, all, it's all you, there's like there's no the expectation yeah. of what can happen. You know, I'm like maybe like, you know, maybe she'll fucking like grow out of a fucking robot arm with a fucking gun. You know, <laughs> I mean, at that point, after like watching all this shit happening, anything can be possible. You know what I mean? But yeah, I I dug that. You dug the you dug the did you dig take the movie? Or the soundtrack, or both. Honestly, I, I, I actually liked that fucking movie. Like, I was like, yeah, the whole thing was just like, I was entertained as shit, dude. I was just like, hell yeah, the ridiculous dance, man. Like, I mean, if you know, like, if you know, like, like physiology and you know how the body works and all that shit, it's like it, it's impossible for you to survive and bleed that much, and you know. How the mom dude? <laughs> I thought it was great. You know? I, I I gotta admit, I looked away. I I have a weak stomach. I looked oh, away during that that big scene. I kind of peek out just to get an idea of what's going on. <laughs> I looked away a million times. Yeah, it was to be kept looking. There's a scene in the first one. I don't know if you guys have seen the first one, but he chains some girl up by her legs and he saws her in yes. from the crotch down yeah. in front of like her friend and uh-huh. it's like I don't know it, going into the second one it was like oh, I knew that it was going to be just gory yeah, yeah 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 but like I was, you were saying like there's no way someone can bleed that much and be alive and no like, that's just to play with slashers and stuff like that I mean you watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre where they cut people's arms off and their legs off and they're crawling mm. down the road and shit like that you know what I mean it, it, mm with that idea. Of, well, I feel uh, like that scene uh, where when he split the girl in half, I, I feel like that was an homage to Scarface. Okay. From what? For like, oh my god, it's been a long time since I've Shame the dude up. In, in the, the bathroom? In the bathroom. Yeah, in the, the, yeah, the shower. Yeah. Naughty leg, huh? And then he fucking... Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Me too. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, like, 
Have you guys ever seen like Chains, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three? I love those movies. Those no. are some of my favorites. Oh <laughs> my god, that shit's fucking ridiculously good. Yeah. I'm not is sure that the one with hot chick? Like the hot they're all hot chick. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like how that's Bob's concern. It's just like the one with the hot chick. Yeah. Always in a van. It's always really hot. Yeah, yeah, they're about to get it on, and the one is like, "No, I don't want to have sex with you," and that's the. Uh, the, the hero of the movie. The it, it was so genius having a guy in a wheelchair in the original. Because just every time that guy was on screen, it gave you anxiety. Oh, it was the guy that owns the house. Or he lives in the house. No, he was in the van. He was one of the one of the kids. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. And you're, you're just like, oh, this guy's in a fucking wheelchair. It's not going to go well for him, you know. And you're just waiting. How What's going to happen? Is he going to fall out of his wheelchair? He can't escape, you know. Like to push the wheelchair into something, and you just know he's gonna meet an awful ending. So it's like anytime you see him in that wheelchair, you know, and it just gives you anxiety. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. 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 The best possible way. The best possible way. Good filmmaking. I yeah. would say it's beautiful. <laughs> in his own way, it is. You know? Do you yeah. think they kind of play on that in Terrifier 2 with it being Halloween with all these kids out? So you kind of like go into the movie thinking that he's just going to kill a bunch of kids on Halloween. You know what I mean? Like innocent yeah. people walking around out dressed up or whatnot. Yeah. Uh,. Well, you just well, brought a really like, good point, too, because it's Halloween, you know? Yeah. So that brings another movie, another cult movie, like, mm-hmm. to, to the same, to the same one. Well, it like, kind of goes back he, to the original Halloween, like... He was dressing up as a clown when he was a kid. Yeah. His mom was like, uh, you know, that was, like, his whole thing. He dressed up as a clown yeah. when he was a kid. Yeah. And, uh... But, like, you go back to, like, there's kids all over, but it's... They never touch the kids. It's always the horny teenagers. Like, they never... Like, they, there's, like, a slasher movie ethic of, like, the little kids who are innocent. It's, the like people fucking in the laundry room smoking joints who are getting, like, their, like, throat slashed. And there's always been that, like, interesting ethos, ethics of mm-hmm. horror movie. Like, there's a certain age you can't dip the dip below because then you know like you're right there's this tension of like are you rooting against mm-hmm. the anti-hero or are you rooting for the anti-hero are yeah you, yeah are you like michael myers like slashing this dumb bitch in the fucking locker room <laughs> like, or like <laughs> like or are you rooting against him there's always that tension and like they never dip too below in the age group because otherwise you would be like aligned, completely aligned against him. Mm-hmm. So there's like this ethics to horror movie writing. Yeah. Like it's got to be like fornicating, drug using, bear swallowing, bear, like barely adults, and then you can rip their fucking lungs out. Yeah, like in the Stephen King it, like the new one and the old one, he attacks the kid in the first scene, and you kind of hate him for it, and then they end all those movies with all of the kids and friends or brothers of them like beating the shit out of him and defeating him in the end. You know, like you were saying, you can't rip you can't rip them apart or anything like that because none of those characters die in those movies. Yeah, because you know they're kids or whatnot. They're kids. They're still innocent and like. 
in a weird way, like these monsters are destroying the uninnocent because you want to fornicate and smoke weed and uh, like it's a weird. All the bad kids die. Yeah, all the bad kids <laughs> yeah. die. It's very all the cool kids. There's yeah, a, right. What the fuck? There's a very undertow puritanical energy mm. to it. We're like, oh, you like to fuck at the camp and like smoke weed and drink. Like, okay, now, now, uh, Freddy's gonna fucking. Who was the Friday the Thirteenth guy? Jason. Jason. Jason's going to, to spare you from underneath your cot. Yeah. That's Kevin Bacon that took that. Kevin Bacon, yeah. yeah. And Kevin Bacon's like, I love that scene. There's a quote from Kevin Bacon. Like, I love that scene. It's the quintessential horror movie scene. I got laid. I smoked dope. I died. <laughs> <laughs> they even do those in the new uh, Alien movies. Like when they did Alien Covenant. That's a play off the old yeah. Alien movies. Yeah. There's a scene where there's two people having sex in a shower, and the alien reaches his tail under the shower curtain. Oh yeah, stabbing him, and it's like, like that play of like if you have sex in these horror movies, you're gonna die. And yeah. There's the new movie. Uh, and if you smoke, if you have sex and you smoke a joint, you're guaranteed. You're gonna die even sooner. Even yeah. sooner. Yeah. <laughs> there's gonna be don't. It's gonna be swift. Yeah. Yeah. Poor guys, don't let him have fun. <laughs> hey, you can't have fun in horror. You yeah, can't right. have fun in horror movies. That's the that's the message of horror movies. You can't have fun. Yeah. You have to. So all horror movies are in the end super Christian. Christian messages behind all horror yeah. movies. Yeah. Super puritanical. Mm-hmm. Like well, yeah, the and, devil will slay you for your wicked ways yeah. and your reefer madness, Drew. I know. Well, They're the new the me. new Evil Dead. What I liked actually was like kids got possessed. Yeah. Like kids actually like died, got killed by their own siblings because and they're possessed. Yeah. You know? So I was like, finally like this little shit is not like winning because, you know, <laughs> you, I, I wanna I dude, like I wanna survive. If I'm like in one of those cases, there's a fucking kid that's getting possessed, I'm like, Okay, fuck this kid, I'm going. <laughs> you know? I get the fuck out of here. Let's throw the kid on the bus. Yeah, dude, this is the slowest one. You know, it's like <laughs> Fuck, do you have a toddler? I'm not gonna come. I'm not gonna go back for that fucking toddler, man. Sorry, man. Like I, you had four years to live, and I mean that's what you had, you know. Oh, dark, <laughs> dark, dark energy. But that's but that's like the reality of life, you know. Like, like you, there's no there's no way a toddler can survive. Uh, a serial killer. If the serial killer is a serial killer, which is why you're supposed to stand in the way of the serial killer. Yeah, as a hero. No, dude, I'll grab the fucking kid. Like, all right, <laughs> let's get the fuck out of here. You know, he's not even my kid. You know, <laughs> <laughs> shit. Do you think in uh, Terrifier Two that they were playing at the son was gonna get killed because he was dressed like Art the Clown, like they were gonna? Yeah. Run into each other, or someone was gonna kill him. Like he, he was, was playing with fire. Like, you know what I mean? He, he like took Art's copyrights, and he's gonna pay for it. I think there's something that's gonna happen with in, in three that uh, <laughs> you know, there's gotta be some answers about the dad, and then I, you know, yeah, I, I yeah, think yeah. like the kids so gonna like. So there's a three. Let's talk about this. Like, I, I, if my memory serves me right, Mark, you said you you were about to audition for. Terrifier? No, I actually auditioned for Candyman. <laughs> oh, then you are? Yeah. To, to what? To do what? 
so okay, the role. You saw the movie. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember there was a uh, there was a friend of I believe it was a friend of the woman who played. He was a, a gay. The character was gay. He was like art collector. I, I, Did he get killed in the art studio? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe so. Because uh, he was having sex in the art studio. Yeah. Of course. Gay sex, of course. Of course the gay sex people. Oh, it was That's what I read for. That's what I read for. Yeah, yeah. And it was a terrible audition, and I walked out of there and felt like crying. <laughs> 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 Can I please have another chance? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm not going to mention who it was for, but I, if, you did your, if you did the research... You could easily find out who the, who the, the casting director was, and uh, yeah. you could also find out their reputation, and they're yeah. pretty scary and intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> but did, tell you didn't you also say um, that scene in the club where they're all rolling on selfie Molly? Selfie guy. Selfie guy. You know him. Yeah. So I paled around with selfie guy and drank with him, and... Uh, we, uh, we actually have a mutual friend, and that's why I was introduced to him. So, you know, I'd really like to pull some strings. However, uh, being that he was only in the movie for 90 seconds. 90 yeah. seconds? <laughs> exactly 90 seconds. I'm not sure a guy who has 90 seconds of screen time is the one that could help me get into the movie. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there is that. Hey, bro, um, I got 90 seconds of screen time. I can make anything me. happen for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> awesome. I could. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know. Very cool guy, though. He, uh, he makes Jason masks, and he themes them out so you can get, like... You can get like that hockey mask, but you can get well. I've I've seen Art the Clown style uh, Jason hockey mask that he's made, and you know just stuff like that, and Freddy Krueger themed ones. And he's a cool guy. He does all the horror conventions, and uh, I've worked a lot of the horror conventions as a PA uh, for the celebrities and whatnot. So uh, yeah, so I got to know him that way, and uh, I, I drank with him a couple times, and yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I auditioned to be uh, to be on the Bear. And I actually you auditioned? Yeah, that's, you, that's an extra or so, like or or just like a, like a short time. And well, I actually I, I got the uh, I they I got the go, and I slipped in. And then on the way on my way back from from Walk of Shame, of course, you know, uh, I'm by walking by Wicker Park, and then I see the fucking what's his, the main actor, you know. Like oh, the guy from uh, Shameless. Yeah, yeah. and the I older see son from Shameless. Yeah, it was like literally, I'm like walking right by him, and he's like, and I'm like, God damn it, man! I was supposed to be here right now. <laughs> oh, so it's just the universe is just yeah, shoving, dude. The universe is shoving your your dumbass yeah in, into your face, I which thought. which means that like I gotta give it another try, and maybe next time I'll. He's like, a really nice dude. Is he? Yeah, I've he's, met him a couple times with my buddy Ethan, and uh, his name is uh, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just like looking at him. And I'm like, God damn it! I was maybe we're gonna be best friends, you know? <laughs> you know? Nah, didn't that? <laughs> you gotta show up first, Pepe. Of course, right? <laughs> I still have to watch season two. Uh, I got the girlfriend watching The Wire, so. Oh yeah. We just started show. the second season, so it's gonna oh, take a while. The Wire is one of the best television shows oh, it's ever. Amazing. I I I'd be honest, I've never seen. Jesus Christ, you'd love it. Yeah. You would love it. The yeah. writing is fucking I heard that a lot. Outstanding. Yeah. The writing is incredible. I feel like the second season is uh, a little hard 
to get through at times. It's definitely good. You don't know, you do agree? No, I agree with you. Yeah. Absolutely. But once you get over that hump, it's fucking amazing. Every episode from there on out is amazing. I need to rewatch that because I watched it when it was first on HBO, back when I had Comcast and HBO print, premium cable package. And I was just like, and I was a huge devotee to Sopranos. And I thought that was the best television show ever. And The Wire came out, and I'm like, holy fucking shit. This is amazing. Just the writing, the yeah. acting, just, you know, like, nothing's cliched about it. Like, it like it looks like a cliche at first blush, like, black people dealing drugs. But there's nothing cliched about it. It's just like, they go, like, every character has a purpose. Nothing is troped. It's, the writing is so fucking good. Yeah, yeah. Like, all these characters have backstories and are given a chance to speak, and it's... And you fall in love with characters that actually do awful well, things. Well, shit, yeah. That's usually the case in everything, you know? Like, That's what makes it real. That's yeah, what makes yeah. it good. It's, we're horrible. Like, humans are horrible. Why do people love true crime so much? Yeah, because it's pretty fucking weird, you know? Maybe it's the things that you think you can get away with, but somebody but else does, so you're But it's kind of like, it's kind of like every, it's kind of like every mob like, movie, right? It's, it's like every mob movie, <laughs> every Soprano <laughs> episode, like, you're on the side of people doing horrible fucking shit. Like, Tony Soprano was a horrible human being. But you're like, go Tony! And you know, like... Yeah. Like how they portrayed Denzel Washington in American Gangster. Yeah, totally. He's dealing heroin, and it's like, you know... He's, Ruining a fucking neighborhood. They portray it as he's, you know... Because uh, the guy prior that he worked under, uh, Funky Johnson, I'm pretty yeah. sure was his name. You know, they, they show him... Uh, like he would bring out turkeys for Thanksgiving and give it out to the neighborhood yeah. and everything like that and all that. And they, they portray him as this great guy, saves the neighborhood, but he's also dealing heroin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and Hulk he's also... Exactly. Care, but he's on the side, he's destroying people's lives with heroin. Yeah, and then when Denzel takes over, it's and it's like he's such a he's so good in that role, like my man. Yeah, my, like just what suited up, you know, uh, yeah. like when his lady gets him the fucking jacket and then he starts getting investigated. He's like, This jacket's too fucking loud. You know? <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's just like they, whenever they have those mob movies or anything like that, you never have it's, it's always portrayed. Behind the eyes of the mobsters or anything like that, the you're, never, you're never portrayed. You, you don't get the viewpoint of the people on the other end of it, whether it be the addicts or the families torn apart from the addicts and yeah. stuff like that. Looking as they're like the villain, you see them as like a success story almost. And you've got yeah, them. like Horatio Algo. Oh, yes. Yeah, like that. What, what's 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 his name? Horatio Sands? No, Horatio Al something. I don't know. Okay. It's like he's the quintessential American success story. Yeah. He was like a Jew everyone beat up on in New York. That's the truth. And he became uber successful. So, like, he was an example of, like, Horatio Albaro or something like that. He's a, like, he, he was a Jewish person who everyone beat the fuck up on. And he just fucking fought through it and became successful. And it's like, he is the, like the, the template. Like, if this guy can eat this much shit and become successful, then anyone can be successful as an American. Yeah. 
And that's why, like, these gangsters, in a weird way, they're successful. And they're fulfilling the American dream in a twisted fucking way. And yeah. very damaging one. And, and most of all those gangsters, and even real-life gangsters and stuff in that era where it was, you know, immigrants coming in and they would do it. Yeah. I mean, it's Irish and then, you know what I mean? It's all these, Italian, like, yeah. immigrant families and stuff like that making a name for themselves, doing, you know, it's a play on the American dream because they can kind of take advantage of the system and do what they want and make money, and it doesn't always have to be legal. Yeah, you know no. I mean? Because they're, they... Like, when they first come here, they're, like, shut out of legal ways of making money, like being mm-hmm. a judge or, you know, like... Because mm-hmm. back then, I mean, obviously, it's like, well, you got to go to four years of school, you got to do college, you got to yeah. do all this. Masters, all this MBA, yeah. Loops, and it yeah. costs money to do all this stuff, but it doesn't cost any money to, you know, run a neighborhood and get people paying taxes for protection yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, that that is the American dream in a lot of those movies and stuff like that. So that's why you get along with that character and you're like, oh, I, I'm kind of on his side or on their side or this family's side because they're doing everything they can with what they're given and they're doing great with it. You know, yeah. They're making money doing things that may be illegal, but you kind of respect it because you're like, oh, they're working hard even though they're dealing heroin or, yeah. you know. No, it's a great whatnot. insight. It's a great insight into like why we love gangster movies. Mm-hmm. And the Sopranos and like in the water, like you end up rooting for like the fucking these hood rats, fucking like they're like we're gonna take care, of, we're fucking we're in charge, mm-hmm. you know. You fuck with my money, I'll fuck with you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's American gangster, but instead of the Denzel Washington character, it's it's Art the Clown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or it's Jaws, but instead of you know. Robert Shaw's character is Art the Clown. Yeah. Art the Clown's out there chasing that great white dragon. Great white dragon. <laughs> great white shark. Or the, or the great white whale. He's Ahab. Oh, yeah. Perfect. That's the fucking movie right there. There it is. There it is. There, oh. there we, we have we have the synopsis of it all. Full circle. All right. We're not going to start with talking about art, but we're going to end up talking about art the great white whale boom yeah so um, well who is art's great white whale it's that chick if he's Ahab yeah 100% yeah or yeah. the kid to be honest because the kid never fucking died the girl has to fuck out you know do you think in the third one they'll take a year off like they did in, yeah they will or do you think they'll kind of have him still chasing my, my theory is because they, they did that dream realm where he seems like he's fixated on her canon uh, or the gift right. that was different than everybody else's mm-hmm. gift so do you think in the third one they'll pick up where they left off of him trying to hunt her down or do they think it won't even have her in the cast and it'll be a new you know a I year, think it's like gonna it'll take a year off and be resurrected and it'll be a new I, yeah on. I think it's gonna be someone new and the only character is gonna come back is the fucking kid because the well, they never, the, they never the, show what happened. I think the chick happens. that had her face ripped off will yeah. come back because she was in the first one and the second one. Definitely. Oh, yeah. And yeah. she gave the birth, right? Yeah, so she's kind of... Oh, she's fuck. Kind we of forgot like, about the end. She's kind of like in on his oh, shit. Oh, that, so, that is so... You know, she's with up. him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or possessed or she's... Yeah. She's like he's like her pimp, you know. He's like now he's now she's the bottom bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Yeah. No, no, yeah. I think, uh, I think, I think the girl is. <laughs> you're making me fucking laugh. <laughs> I think the chick is dead and the kid's still alive. No, I thought they, I think they're both still alive. Well, they never showed anything about it because they they got hurt. The kid got hurt pretty fucking bad in the movie. They're all. Gonna, I mean, they're gonna play on the birth. You sure. know, like that, yeah, that's, that's gonna. Art, be I thought it. we were talking about the birth. It's gonna be Art the dad. No, like yeah, Art yeah. The clown. yeah. It's just yeah, and I don't know. So I, don't know. I, I mean, there's like I think it's been like now an hour. So we can, should we keep talking three hour, three more hours about this movie? Like a Joe oh. Rogan podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time for that shit. Now we're gonna talk hey, about. Well, some, someone's got to co- compete for him. You know? Someone's got <laughs> to come for his streams one way or another. And now we're gonna introduce so, Bill Maher. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> but I think, I, okay, here's uh, we're inside like rating. All right, from from one to five, does not make it. Um, so we start with the origin story. We discuss the movie from five different angles or multiple angles. I don't know how many angles, but I think we landed on a theme. We're gonna start talking about trashy movies, and then we're gonna invoke Moby Dick. We're gonna tie them. Everybody up. has a yeah. Captain A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We're yeah. we're going to start about talking about the trashiest fucking movies. That's the theme of our, our podcast. And connect and them to great literature. And connect <laughs> them to great literature. See, there's, there's I no fucking love though. this. I fucking love this. Sleepaway camps. I don't think this movie was actually a trash film. I think it was actually no, very well not. created. You know, and you can't knock it. I mean, they made it for something like two hundred fifty thousand dollars and made like fifteen million dollars. Yeah, and it got like and a lot of horror movies get horrible. Even the good horror movies get horrible reviews on yeah, Rotten Tomatoes, and it got like eighty six on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, is, I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Which is rare for horror movies. Even horror movies where the budget is insane. And the staff, or not staff. Fucking true. I love the fact the that you did your homework. But the yeah. actors in the cast are like, you know, crazy high-paid actors and actresses. Right. And they get like 50% of Rotten Tomatoes, but it's still one of the better horror movies. Terrifier 2. 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. You did your homework. I said 86. I said 86. Oh, wow. close, close enough. Close, close enough. Close oh, enough. It's like, oh, you're like. Audience ooh. score 80%. True. I love the fact that you did your fucking homework, man. No, totally. Oh, God. Oh, we will not start talking about art, but we will tie everything into Moby Dick or Thelonious <laughs> Monk by the end. <laughs> Do you want to end it with everyone's opinion or prediction of Terrifier 3? Yes, I think that's perfect. So you go first. What do you think the main, not plot line, but what do you think the story will be, whether it be, you know, based on the birth that was given at the end of the movie, or do you think they'll play on the hero, the heroine at the end of the story? Do you think she'll be in it? Like, what, what's your take So, on? here's a, I, I say all of the above, because what I know, here was my, like, knock on Terrifier 2, if I can go there, it just, like, it was trying to be too many things at once, and it went too long. Had they cu- like cut out one or two things, it would have been a much more concise movie, and like popped, you know, like the horror scenes would have popped harder. I think they're gonna do all of the above because they seem to be like they want to go, they want to do, um, they want to do multiple things at once. Like it was like a homage 
two horror movies. It was a slasher movie. It was a pair, like, I don't know, a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to do like three or four things at once. So I think they're going to do three or four things at once again. So I think the pregnancy, the birth, the immaculate horror conception at the mm-hmm. end, and the little kid, the little kid, and the Pegasus thing. Okay. Like, uh, the the Greek theme, like, yeah, uh, yeah her being the heroine. Yeah, yeah. I think you're going for all three. Like, they seem to want to go for everything. Yeah. All What's right. your prediction for Terrifier 3? Uh, the girl's going to be dead. The main character? Yeah. The main character. Yeah. The kid is going to be now, some somehow, there's going to come out the dad has something to do with Terrifier. Okay. With the clown, with, uh... What's his name? Sorry. Art. Art his dad has something to do with art. Okay. And he's going to be now like some kind of a hero of the movie. Because he had that sketchbook and all yeah, the drawings. Yeah, exactly. Because they found, you know, the son had the sketchbook and yeah. all the drawings were of Art the Clown. I mean, it will be amazing if they actually both survive and then she has to kill the little brother because the little brother turns, in, turns into Art. Okay. Or some sort of like thing like that. So I think that they're gonna play it as art with the lady that had her face ripped off. Well, yeah. And the kid, they're gonna play it like more like a family. Yeah. Like they're gonna do it like they're gonna be killing together. Yeah. But art might not necessarily take a step back. No. But have him be more like kind of showing his kid the ropes of how he does what he does. And I think and yeah. I think they'll they'll have a little bit of the uh, the lady that gave birth. Yeah, I think she'll be in it a lot more of, you know, kind of crazy and in love or under the spell of Art the Clown or, you know, however you want to put it. But I feel like it'll be more like Art's family and he's going to be... Somehow You know what I mean? Kind of showing the ropes to yeah. be kind of passing the torch. Yeah, way, yeah. You know and, what I mean? And I think that Art is always going to be kind of like the main character because oh, absolutely, like, yeah. And that girl, Sienna, is actually, like, after this movie, she's, I mean, she's fucking scorchous. She's got talent. She's got, she's a good actress. Kevin just really wants to see her in the next movie. No, I, I, I think she's going to be in a better movie now. Well, not, not that this movie's, like, horrible, but she's probably going to be, like, now doing mm-hmm. other movies that are, like, a now. A bit more mainstream. Exactly. more accessible. Yeah, because she's, she's got, yes. she's got, she's got, she's got really good skills in what she does, you know? I got a question for you, Pepe. Yeah. What are your predictions for the soundtrack for the next film? Uh, well, it's gonna be kind of the same. You think it's gonna be kind of the same? Well, maybe not because like, like right now, like so that kind of style, like that kind of music is still in style, but like everything changes. So I think it's gotta be more like, more heavy. It's gotta be like new metalish kind of vibe. You think so? Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because because like. Do you think that new metal's making a comeback? Well, of course. As everything as everything as has as a cycle. That's true. You know, and I like. Never like new metal. No, I mean like no, I mean I, like I like new metal when it came out, but then I grew out of it, and then now like there's like literally the, there's like several bands that are like like all like trying to do new metal, you know, and so it's it's like a cycle, you know, yeah. everything comes back around like. Now new metal is gonna be kind of cool, you know, because everybody's dressing like fucking like the nineties, late nineties. 
1998 is back so hard. That's so <laughs> weird because skinny yeah. jeans are all baggy pants. Yeah. Four was the shit. Yeah. Yeah. We had brunch. You had brunch around yeah. that time. You know, you had bins. There's a lot of bins that are trying to sell like now brunch. You know. So yeah, like it was. Oh man, I love Deftones. I've heard this new band. They sound like Deftones. You know. <laughs> so yeah, it's like oh my god, this is the new corn of this generation. Uh, you know, corn. <laughs> I always hated corn. Though. I I love. as a musician. <laughs> I'm a huge nerd. I love I love corn. I mean, corn. you can't show me a band yeah. I won't like. You know what I mean? Well, well I was okay. after. I after I started getting into jazz, <laughs> after like getting into jazz, I kind of like was embarrassed to say that. I that used, you like jazz? That I li- I used to listen to corn. You know? Oh. Well, once I got into like more listening to art, you know, I can like, we listen to some art? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I started kind of being embarrassed to say like, oh, I I was a big fan of corn, but then like now that I'm older, I'm like, like. I like what I like, and I don't think I should be embarrassed. No, not at all. You know what I mean? Not at all. Not Unless at all. I'm listening to fucking new country music, but even though... <laughs> it's the only yeah. time. Yeah, I guess. It's the only time. Yeah. I like John Kruger Mellencamp. Ooh. I've met him before in an elevator in Boston. I yeah. actually have a John Kruger Mellencamp story as well. <laughs> I, took a, I took a summer job at Palm Beach uh, fucking amphitheater. I forgot what it was called. I took a summer job at Palm Beach. Yeah, this is like... It sounds like a John Kruger So I'm working, I'm working uh, at John Kruger Mellencamp concert, and he's doing sound check. And... Uh, I can even tell you what song it was. It was that song, I'm on my way, that song. Yeah. He played it like six times in a row. So there was like six of us that were, that walked into the pavilion and watched him. And after he played it for like the third time, he like, he started yelling. He's like, get those guys out of here. Close the curtain. And we, he kicked us out of the pavilion area and we couldn't watch anymore. He was a dick. All right. So what's your prediction for Terror Fire 2? We'll wrap this up. Terror 3. Three. <laughs> uh, Stand corrected, Drew. Yeah. And we're gonna keep we're we're gonna wrap this up, but we're gonna keep it rolling just for a couple more minutes for some outtakes. The the kid uh, the kid kills his sister in the culmination of the film. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I mean, I think he's gonna take the, ske- the sketchbook. Take the, yeah. He's gonna yeah. take the sketchbook, and it's yeah. got all the art con stuff in it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, wow, that's great, right. though. I mean, there's, there's like, I, I like the fact that we actually... They could go anywhere out. with it. I mean, they left it kind of open-ended. Yeah, they totally, could do, totally. Yeah, they could surprise the viewer, for sure. All right, so we're going to wrap this up, but we're going to keep the mic rolling for some outtakes. Do your outro. You gotta, you gotta we'll do the outro. <laughs> outro. So, you are welcome, fans and audience and friends, for the inaugural podcast of the podcast. It's Tuesday, July 18th still, and we just... We're in Chicago, Illinois. We're in Chicago, Illinois. Bucktown. Bucktown. Bob's apartment. And uh, (laughs) we just dissected, reviewed, and predicted the Terrifier 2. And as stated by Rotten Tomatoes, after being resurrected by a sinister entity, Art the Clown returns to the timid town of Miles County where he targets a teenage girl and her young brother on Halloween night. That's the movie in a nutshell. It's a Terrifier 2. It is directed by Damon Leon. The writer is Damon Leon and let's see where um, Laura Lauren LeVere as Sienna and David Howard Thornton as Arthur Clown. 
Thank you. Howard Thornton. Damn. That's a fucking As Art the Clown. And we're so glad you showed up. And now the podcast is done. And we're going to drink some beer. And maybe we'll leave it on for another 10 minutes and have some outtakes. Yeah.